Welcome to One Thought at a Time with Ian Travers, where we get curious about what makes us tick. We're joined today by a woman whose goals lie in helping other people achieve theirs. Welcome, Heather. Hi, Ian. Lovely to be here. Yes, uh, it's, uh, we've had many conversations over the years, um, but thank you ever so much for taking the time uh, out today. Let's kick off today by, tell us what you do. <laughs> okay, well, I am the director and founder of my own business, which is a specialist rehab business, which I'm sure we'll get into, which is called Design to Move. And tell us the journey. <laughs> so how, uh, how did you end up as... as having designed to move yeah well i'll try and keep it short because it is now quite a long a long journey and a long story but um i trained as a physio um it's uh yeah it's over 25 years now since i trained as a physio um and um at the time if you'd have told me that i was going to ending up running my own business i wouldn't have believed you really it wasn't on my agenda um <clears throat> my goal was just to get out in the world, get working, didn't know when I started out exactly what that would look like in terms of, you know, like many roles, we end up specialising. So I didn't know for sure when I started how I'd specialise. Well, I actually ended up specialising in occupational health. Mm -hmm. So supporting people to return to work after they'd been injured. And the mainstay of that uh, was actually working for a shipyard. Really? So <laughs> um, working with the employees who obviously had quite physical jobs, uh, we're building surface ships and submarines for the Royal Navy. Right. And uh, so treating the workforce, trying to get them back to work safely, quickly, um, and keep people in a job. Wow. Yeah, so that was that's how it's how it started out. And then I've evolved through that, um, through so I worked for the shipyard, then I went into the NHS for a little while. I've worked in occupational health within the NHS, so supporting community healthcare mm -hmm. staff to get back to work. Uh, I've had my own what I would call traditional private practice and yeah. it's now Designed to Move was officially founded in 2015 and that was the result of a number of kind of factors but really wanting to use initially just my own skills um, to work with people who've been seriously injured and didn't have access to the kind of services we were providing NHS staff or shipyard staff but yeah. really needed help to get back, to get their lives back on track, basically. And I, I know the conversations we've had in the past, it's it's rather than just sort of, what, dare I say, sort of traditional physio, it's been a more holistic approach, just, you know. Yeah, so how we kind of differentiate now is we, we talk about standard care. Mm. Um, standard care is very much appropriate for your, you know, acute back pain, your ankle sprain, your football injury, those sorts of things. And um, what we call, what we do is functional rehabilitation. So it's bringing together that bigger picture, mm. bearing in mind most of our clients have had a, a serious injury with multiple injuries. So they might have had several fractures, bump to the head, bruising, um, surgery, all those sorts of things. And what we need to do is look at them as a whole person, how the impact of the trauma has affected them. Yeah. Um, and, you know, bringing all that together in a way that actually kind of literally picks them up and helps them put themselves back on their feet and either continue with the life they had before mm. or help them see possibilities for alternatives. And this is this is clearly this is going beyond the realms of um, helping them get fixed mechanically, isn't it? It's yes. it's it's broader than that, isn't it? Yeah. So we talk about um, a very broadly used term is biopsychosocial. Right. Uh, but we also translate that into what we would call 
psychologically informed. So it's not just about your biology. You know, your biology's broken or damaged. Yeah. That will repair to some extent, yeah. maybe fully, maybe not. But around that is your social context, you know, what you do, what gives you value, whether that be your work, your family, your hobbies, yeah. and the psychology of that. You know, how does it make you feel? How does it translate into your confidence in yourself or in what you can contribute to the world? Yeah. And if we don't tie people's... Um, Yes, yeah, we've got to inspire people to want to recover. Um, not everybody knows how to do that, and it's you've got to kind of help them lay the path, if you like, for what the future might be. Um, there's there's a couple of things <clears> that I've, I'd love to pick up a bit more as we go through. You you've mentioned about um, um, sort of inspire people to want to recover as well. I think mm. that's that, that's something that we'll, we'll definitely circle back on because I think that's. Um, you see it in so many walks of life, not just in, in, in I guess, in, in, in your space, but where people have already given up on themselves. Yes. Yeah. Um, the name, Design to Move. <laughs> Go on, tell us a bit about why, okay, why, well, why Design to Move. So Design to Move came about, and it literally I was uh, sat on my living room floor with a big sheet of A3 paper, several sheets of A3 paper, and I had hit a bit of a crisis in my own career, thinking I wanted to be a physio. That's all I've ever really wanted to do. But I was disillusioned for various reasons. Right. And I thought, I don't, I don't want what I've been doing just to be the future. Mm. How can I bring together everything that I love about what I do in a way that will make my career sustainable till whatever time of life that is? I don't have an end date on it at the moment, yeah. <laughs> life or work. And I just looked at my set of skills, literally yeah. wrote them all out on this big sheet of paper. And thought, what yeah. is it for me? movement itself mm. helps me feel better getting out and moving outdoors yeah. you know walking running swimming whatever yeah helps me just feel better about life and so that's kind of where it came from that we are designed to move right you know let's get back to the base that we are we have bodies that are designed to move and also that feeling of things evolving it being open to the possibilities and um probably since we last spoke we revised our kind of company mission statement what mm. we call an enterprise promise and it's now um moving you towards fulfilling possibilities oh, that's lovely so it's right. let's open up what are what are the possibilities here yeah mm. oh, that's lovely it's really really <laughs> it's good great, isn't it? i, I <laughs> know that the thing that's always fascinated when we when we've spoken in the past as well is is this you know i've always been fascinated with with what goes on up here mm. um and it's how inextricably linked what our physical capabilities with yeah. with what we what we what we think so how how does that play out in mm. how do you see what, what what kind of thing prevents people from successfully recovering what gets in their way well there's the kind of there's some technical knowledge around that in terms of research that shows us there are some things that mean people are high risk of not making a good recovery mm. so people's beliefs about what they're capable of doing and what their body's capable of that is a big one so yeah being afraid to move because if you move you might cause more harm mm -hmm. that would be a big one um being afraid that if you cause more harm it will be irreversible you won't be able to recover yeah. if you find yourself in a very low mood if you're so if you're depressed and very anxious that makes it very difficult to recover and you're likely to have a poorer outcome right um if you don't manage the pain that you have um so you f you feel that you can't get a hold on the pain through pain relief 
that also can mean that you don't make a good recovery. So there's those sorts of things that actually have been researched and we actually do measure for. So for instance, we screen people for post-traumatic stress disorder yeah. because if they're not getting treatment for that, we wouldn't do the treatment ourselves within my business at the moment, but we'd recommend they got a full assessment and, and some extra treatment. That can obviously really hold somebody back, especially if they are literally having flashbacks to the injury. So are there ever situations where um, the what people believe about their capability or their situation even overrules the physical? So, you know, oh, you, yes. there's no reason why they can't do something, but they're thinking yeah. is stopping them. Yeah, absolutely. We talk about a thing called self-efficacy in our world. I don't know if it's a similar term, but that ability to believe in yourself and your your own ability to overcome whatever that obstacle is, yeah. is critical. So you could have all the capacity, physical capacity, yeah. to do everything. And from our point of view, we would be looking at that range of motion yes. of your joints, the strength in your muscles, mm. your fitness, your cardiorespiratory capability, yeah. your ability to coordinate and put together a complicated movement like lifting a box. Yeah. But if at the end of the day you're too scared, you don't believe you can do it, that would probably override it. And so, so that's where this this holistic thing comes because if that's a blocker, then I suppose it's, you know, you can you can do all the physical activity in the world, but there's mm. we need to find a way of helping people change what they believe about themselves. Yeah, and it's an interesting place for us. So at the moment in my business, we're all physiotherapists by trade and background, and we have professional um, scope of practice. So that's what we talk about. We're being psychologically informed because we are aware of all these implications and very much part of what we do is helping motivate people and educate them about yeah. the fact that that activity probably won't make them worse. Yeah. And it pain doesn't mean that they're harming themselves and it's safe to do these activities. Yeah. But obviously for some people, quite a lot of the group we look after because it's a, you know, a fairly specialist group do also need proper psychological support, yeah. assessment and intervention because... There may be beliefs that existed, and it's something actually that fascinates me and I'd love to spend more time on, but beliefs that pre-existed their injury mm-hmm. that are holding them back. Okay. That can be a you know a significant thing. Their, their, their beliefs about what's possible, what's acceptable, and now they're injured. Right. Um, and the impact the injury can have on someone's status in their in their life within their okay. family within their culture so for instance if you're in a, a culture that says your value is around your ability to look after your extended family yeah as a, as a woman for instance and then suddenly you can't cook clean care for the family in the way you did before it really does impact someone's identity and confidence right. and their ability to think that well, how can I have value in the future if I can't do those things? So even their so predisposition massive. pre-injury is, is a significant... I think we're very conditioned, aren't we? And we don't necessarily know how much until something awful happens. And then you realise that you've got these conditioned ideas about how you think life should look and that you have to challenge those and that needs to be done in a you know, supportive way. And we, when we work with somebody, we're usually just one part of a much bigger team. Yeah. The psychologist, there might be a neuro neuropsychologist or a psychiatrist Um, there may be nutritionists occupational therapists uh, debt advisors all sorts of other people involved but it's pulling all that together Mm. and and ultimately it's about helping people change what they believe they're capable of doing yes showing people those options and saying uh, we talk about um having little kind of 
behavioural experiments and behavioural challenges. So if you said to me, well, Heather, I don't think I can get down on the floor at the moment and pick that thing up. Yeah. I'd probably say, well, mm, I think you probably can because I, your joints move, your muscles move enough to do it. So we've got all the components there, so why don't we try? And encourage you to try, but with me here, with right. permission to use the sofa to get up off the floor. Yeah. And just to create that space where you think, well, do you know, what have I got to lose? Let's give it a try and do it safely. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> and it, so it's, it's, there's almost, there's, there's almost a picture in my mind there of, you know, when you're teaching someone to ride a bike mm. and, um, you know, you, you just hold the saddle, but then yeah. suddenly they do it and you're there, but you haven't held the saddle. Yeah, it's, it's kind of and the other thing we talk about is uh, graded exposure. It's a bit of a, a weird term, but that's, about, about that. that's also about saying, well, what's the thing you're most scared of doing and frightened of doing? And you might say, well, I, you know, I know you like to run. Mm. I want to go out running again, but I'm really worried I'm going to injure myself if I go out and yeah. try and do my normal 5, 10K. What do I do? Yeah. One of the feelings is, well, I'll just stay on the couch because that's safe. Yeah. Of course, we know actually that isn't safe because if you do that, you're not going to be fit enough and well enough. That's another topic for another yeah. day. But so we say, well, you're not going to start with going back to your normal five or ten k. We're going to start with going out, getting your shoes on, get around the block, walk a bit, run a bit, walk a bit, run a bit. Yeah. So you start with a very low level challenge, yeah. physical challenge in our case, but that's also challenging the psychology. So if your psychology is that that's going to hurt, we try and find a challenge that not necessarily doesn't hurt at all. Because it might a bit, yeah. but shows you that it's okay yeah. and it's normal and you can cope with it and actually teaches you a coping strategy. Sometimes the best thing that can happen is a setback because in having a setback, you learn how to manage setbacks. So in some ways, you know, something being difficult or a struggle, there's, there's actually a, a positive in that. Yeah, absolutely. Because that gives you the experience of how, how did I manage that? If you're looking at it afterwards, if you reflect on it, how did I manage it? Yeah. Could I have managed it differently? Could I have managed it better? Could I anticipate that happening again? And how would I how would I manage it in the future? Do, do you ever? I mean, as that plays out in someone, you know, recovering from sort of multiple injuries, and they kind of realise what they're capable of. Do you ever notice that that plays out almost beyond the injury? That they adopt almost a different view of stuff that was going on around them. They, they you know, it becomes a life changing moment, even. Mm. Yeah, it's something that we've we've had some discussions within my team actually. It's very interesting to see how different people react to a life changing injury, and also the the time frame, mm. because we see some people who, uh, from a clinical point of view, it's better to see people fairly quickly after they've been injured. We can do a lot more. Yeah. They, we can move them on. We can potentially prevent them becoming very low and depressed and deconditioned physically, yeah. but. That maybe that early on they're dealing with such a lot of stuff either they don't have the headspace there's too many appointments to go to too much hassle too many people trying to interfere with their lives too many changes yeah. or we see other people who are like it's fine i'm fine i'm alive it's great i'm just carrying on don't you worry about me i don't need any help so we have those kind of very different situations at the front end yeah and then at the other extreme and certainly when we started the business it's less so now we we'd see people four years after they'd been injured who have been told they're not going to get any better hmm. been told by several experts they're not going to improve this is it and they're in that place of have i got to accept this and resign myself to it hmm. and then we use, we still use this question is this it they're asking is this it they're asking 
us, is this it? They're asking their case manager, their solicitor, whoever. The truth is we don't know till we try. Mm. And it's whether they've, you know, as an individual, they've, they're they willing to still try. Um, well, many really are, some isn't aren't. Because I suppose if you're... <coughs> If you're um, if you're not feeling great because you know you're in that position, and someone who you place uh, a lot of faith in says to you, yeah. "That's it for you." Yes. I guess your brain's going to say they've probably got a point. Yeah, it's very, very, very powerful. What words that are said to people in their recovery, because it can make or break whether they believe they can get better. Or not, and of course there are times when it's completely true that there is not going to be a change, mm. and there is a level of acceptance. And it, again, people react differently. You hear stories all the time of people being told they never walk again, and that galvanises them too. Yeah, that is the motivation, isn't it? Yes, walk again sometimes. potentially. Um, I, I'm again. I guess I'm somebody who I try not. I don't want to put limits on what's possible because I don't know. Yeah, the medical science may say in theory something not possible, but. It might be. We don't know. We've got to try. And yeah, it's 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 very interesting. I mean, obviously, we see people at lots of different stages, and it depends. It just yeah. depends the outcome. You know, depends on how willing they are to engage. I mean, when we work with people, it's very much a collaborative. We're in this together. We're just here as a guide on the journey. We're yeah. not here to do it for you. We're here to guide you. We're here to support you. What would you like to do? Let's see if we can try it. And just help help them believe they can. Whatever they yeah yeah. It's interesting this belief thing. I mean, you 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 know from the running uh, the number of people that come and join running and say, uh, just to let you know, Ian, I don't do hills. <laughs> yeah. And as you know, around here, that's 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 going to be a really bad day, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But that's this. It's, yes. it's 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 not the legs, is it? Yeah. Given that you you spent so much time doing this and put so much passion into into this, um, have you found that that's rubbed off on the way that you navigate life? <laughs> Yeah, well, I guess you can't really kind of work out where that begins and ends, can you, no. in terms of have I created what I've created because of that? And it's certainly um, when when I've had struggles and in the last few years I've had some significant health issues of my own, which I wasn't expecting to have, mm. which has challenged some stuff. You know, you do sit there and go, OK, is this this is can be what it feels like on yeah. the receiving end yeah. of this stuff. Yeah. And realising that you do have it in yourself to make that choice about whether you move forward with something whether you challenge it whether you take control of it yeah. or whether you let other people because it's very easy in our world mm. there's so many people so many appointments that you've got to go to so many people telling you what you should or shouldn't be doing with your time to recover yeah that actually taking the ownership back for that yourself and that's super hard that is yeah. super hard from and having now had that experience myself when you are tired low you don't know which way is up anymore yeah actually trying to orientate yourself and going what can i do about this yeah um and i guess one of the things that has helped me is realizing that you know, i run a business that talks all about this stuff here i am yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the proverbial let's you know got to walk the talk and realize what how hard it is i mean i have absolute ultimate respect for so many of our clients for what they're going through what they're going through has been way worse than what i've been through in, in many ways and mm. and they come out of it the other side with amazing amazing results and doing amazing things with their yeah. lives on the whole it and isn't suppose, the story for everybody but it, you know it, it is for a lot 
and that then helps you reframe your own personal thinking doesn't it when you yeah. when you see what what difficulty others yeah i think well, what's through. interesting isn't it is that um and, and obviously the current world situation has challenged us all um but to understand that we're all facing challenges yeah every day of different types yeah some of them are physically obvious for people yeah. who've been injured or they've lost a leg or you know something like that yeah but a lot of it isn't obvious and that, yeah we're all facing our challenges we've all got to find our ways of coping you know, how you cope would be slightly different from how i cope yeah but believing in yourself and your mm. capacity to to manage a lot of it not without help externally i think that's you know it's critical as well to have that support is really important i think one of my um kind of now phrases to myself which i've always used but i've been using it more and more in the last few years is well i don't i don't know if i can do that yet, yet. that's I've a great kind word, of got it? to that point of like if i keep <laughs> saying i can't do this or i don't know how to do this you feel incapacitated literally you know yeah. i can't do this yeah. but if you go well i can't do this yet and that is because i need to go and learn find someone else who knows about it that is further along the journey than i am someone who's experienced this but from a different angle and dare to believe you can yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely you know and being as well actually now there's nothing out there that we can't find learn out learn ask somebody else about you know yeah. to go to and maybe that's a big learning as well as to ask a bit more instead yeah. of believing that we should know it all professionally we should know all the answers that's the beauty of teams isn't it and yeah. communities yeah ask somebody else because they might know yeah a network of support <laughs> yeah 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 it's interesting isn't it you know people say oh yeah but i'm self-made <laughs> really you know, no yeah, yeah. your team's critical <laughs> yeah, isn't it yeah. One thing I've, I, I must just um, sort of relate back to, you, you lent me a, a book which fascinated me a few <laughs> years ago, uh, and it was the book on pain. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> and uh, and just, you know, hearing you just talk about, you know, helping people recover, the fact that, um, I mean, it sounds obvious when you, when you say it, but where does pain exist? Oh, well, that's like, you know, an age-old question, but it's way more than physical. There yeah. is a physical process there are nerve endings that mm. you know process pain but mm. it is very much a, a, a psychosocial construct in that it is influenced by so many factors about yeah. what you believe yeah. what you believe pain means to you does pain always mean harm not it's always interesting. there were one of my favorite t-shirts which i got when i was doing my triathlons um which is from the stratford triathlon and i remember the t-shirt vividly sadly it's now uh, succumb to the many too many washes but it had this beautiful strap on it that said pain is simply weakness leaving the body <laughs> yeah that was lovely. pain is a really important messenger to mm. us about something needing attention yeah and of course that can be related to physical pain that can be related to emotional pain pain isn't just a physical thing you know yeah. and maybe it's drawing our attention to something that needs looking at a different approach taking action change well um, we could talk for, for hours I'm, I'm going to ask you one last question if i may um and that is this if you if you go back to those times where you you know you were doing um i think you called it sort of more, more traditional physio and you were thinking there must be a, be a better way and you were going through different struggles in your mind knowing what you know now <laughs> if you could write yourself a letter and transport it back in time for for you to have found and opened and read what would you say 
to yourself then, knowing what you know today? Is that, it's a very interesting question, because later this week I've got a friend visiting who I met when we were 18, when we went to uni. So literally I met her at 18 when we both started our physio training. And it, has, it made me think, you know, well, I went into that degree with a certain expectation of coming out the other end, working in the NHS probably forever. Outpatients, mm. probably outpatients, possibly neuro. And if I'd have thought, I'd, well, I wouldn't have thought that this was possible. I wouldn't have thought it would be possible because it was not on my radar. I had never contemplated the possibility of running my own business. I'd never contemplated the possibility of doing something that was out of the kind of channels (laughs) of professional development, which it kind of is. It's kind of a... Uh, the way we've put together the service, I've you know created the service, is a combination of all those experiences over the years. The 18-year-old me wouldn't have had the confidence to believe it was possible and that I was capable of it. So I think I'd be telling myself that I'm capable of more than I think. <laughs> <Brilliant>. <laughs> and that's amazing, and I love it. I do love it now. I've been on the other end with that wisdom. <laughs> that's brilliant. Super. Heather, thank you so much uh, for joining uh, uh, me on this today. <laughs> Uh, that's great so um, this has been one thought at a time uh, with Ian Travers Um, thanks ever so much for listening Um, if you've enjoyed listening to the conversation today uh, you'll find uh, more information about our other podcasts um, and about uh, Heather's organisation designed to move in the the comments section Um, so um, look forward uh, to you tuning in next time thank you very much